0: RV Renovation Nation, welcome to the New Look RV Renovation Podcast,
1: where we want to empower and entertain RV renovators with relevant information, ideas, and stories that will help you give that RV a new look.
0: We're your hosts. I'm April.
1: And I'm Derek. And if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, please subscribe.
0: On this episode, we sit down and chat with Carly Marsh of Marsh & Sea.
1: Carly and her husband Weston are some of the most influential renovators on the internet.
0: Their work is beautiful and so inspirational.
1: We really enjoyed this opportunity, getting to talk with Carly and we're excited to share it with you.
0: All right. Well, Carly, thanks so much for your time. We know you guys are really busy building your business and of course, raising your kids. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun.
1: You've definitely been a big inspiration to a lot of people who kind of, you know, work in this genre or are interested in this genre, including ourselves. It'd be kind of fun just to bounce back maybe to that first renovation. We know from kind of reading a little bit, uh, you know, about you that it was a renovation you guys made for you and your family.
2: We downsized from 2,300 square foot to, I mean, I'm guessing it was about 300 or less. It was a small travel trailer. Um... We were getting ready to make a cross-country move, and I stumbled upon RV renovation um, on Instagram. Some of our friends were redoing a van, they were doing a van build, and I was so jealous, like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun, this is so cool, Um, but I could never do that because I have two little kids, you know, Mm -hmm. just thought, I have kids, no shot. And then when i started looking on instagram and found all these families that were living in renovated rvs and it was kind of i feel like just starting at the time there were not a lot of people um out there i think the only two people doing it for a business that i knew of were um rv fixer upper trina and then the flipping nomad uh courtney and so it was still kind of a new thing but Like then we got sucked into this black hole of RV renovation (laughs) and we were both for days just scrolling, looking at all of these renovated RVs and thought, okay, like we can do this. This is amazing. So we started the search for our first RV that we were going to renovate. No intention of it being a business. Um, My husband, Weston, he um, was a home builder at the time. So he had a lot of construction experience and he had a decent amount of of rv knowledge like that had been a part of his you know childhood and growing up they had had campers and so had we so we knew you know a decent amount about it and then youtube was an incredible teacher (laughs) yeah we um sold our house downsized then started renovating this rv which was a uh, travel trailer with an actual bunk room in the back it was like 36 foot long it was a pretty big travel trailer um so started that, renovated it in about six weeks, working part-time on it because Weston was still building houses, renovated that, ended up moving. We lived in it for about four months. We enjoyed the tiny experience, but we were also like, okay, if we ever do this again, here's all the things that we really want, like that helped us kind of figure out our priorities for tiny living. What um, were some and of those things? Some of those were we really thought we needed a huge bunk room for the kids, and they were two and three at the time. So that was like one of our non-negotiables when we were looking was to have this bunk room. Um, and we found that just like in the house, they are wherever we are. <laughs> <That's> so <laughs> so they they just slept in their big giant bunk room and we had like no counter space in our kitchen yeah. um, because yeah. most of those layouts with the, the bigger bunk rooms in the rear come with, you know, you sacrifice your living space a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't have a whole lot of counter space. That was another thing that we thought, okay, we can't do that again. And then in the master bedroom, we had no closet. We just had those two little cabinets on either side. And I took my closet. I mean, we had a walk-in closet where you could walk in on both sides. Like he had a walk-in side, and then I had a walk inside. So I took that and made a capsule wardrobe. And I'm just not a capsule wardrobe kind of girl. Like. <laughs> I really enjoy shopping and clothes too much. So we said a closet in the master bedroom was a must. Um, and we did some research on other bunk houses and um, found the mid bunk, which was a wonderful compromise because now our kids still have their own space at uh, which they you know, mostly just sleep in. And then there's clothing storage for them in there. All their toys are in there, but we still have a kitchen island extra counter space back here. I have a pullout sofa and two chairs right in front of me. So a lot more living space with that layout for us. Um, yeah. So we ended up selling that first travel trailer while we were out west. And we had, I mean, we had no idea what to list it for. I was like, let's just try for this. And we sold it in 24 hours. Like it was wow. gone. And didn't no one batted an eye at the price. We made a profit. And we thought like, man, I wonder if we could do this again. So fast forward, we ended up back in South Carolina and we um, partnered with my parents and we're like, we're just going to try this. So that was our second RV renovation was the 2008 Montana. That didn't sell <laughs> for four months. Oh my <laughs> we, gosh. we sat on it, we lowered the price a ton. Uh, we like continuously lowered it. It got shared all over Instagram. I mean tons of shares I was so thankful people were constantly sharing it saying this is still for sale I don't know how it's still for sale people came to look at it I was doing showings on this thing and video tours um wasn't happening had a couple people that like we sent banking information to that were gonna buy it and then they just ghosted us totally flaked never heard from them again and we're like okay well I guess we're not gonna be RV renovators this was a total flop um, but from that posting it, my Instagram started to grow and then people started coming to us saying, well, can you renovate mine? Can you do this project on mine? And at that time we were both working. And so we were just like had this side hustle that was blowing up and we ended up renovate doing a smaller renovation for a friend. And then we did the 2004 Montana, which a local couple brought us this gutted, completely gutted RV. There was nothing, no cabinets, no bed. I mean, it was just walls, floors, and a refrigerator.
1: <laughs> Had they started the renovation and then decided that it was over their head? or They
2: started the renovation and felt like we don't have the time and we're in way over our heads. Yeah. They brought it to us and it was, it was already gutted, which we don't usually gut them to that extent. I mean, it's very rare that we, that we do that. We try to use some of the bones that are there, but anyways, it worked out. It was a beautiful renovation. One of my all time favorites literally like we thought it was this failure and actually the person. So we sold that 2008 Montana to a family in Texas and then they were building a house and sold it again. And just literally a couple days ago, the girl who now lives in it or the couple who now lives in it, reached out to me on Instagram and she tagged me in a post and was like, she found one of my posts that said, I was so worried this was going to be a failure from months and months ago. She commented and she's like, this was not a failure. We love this RV. We're like so happy living in it. Anyways, it's been so cool to watch our business grow, but also the fact that we get to be a part of um, all these different stories and yeah. families coming together. I have lots of stories. But well that's <laughs>
1: awesome to to hear that too, especially since it wasn't like the original the original buyer. So then you're also getting a feeling of longevity. We're in Wisconsin and so we deal with, you know, extreme cold and extreme hot and you know that wrecks havoc on anything that's left, you know, outside, like an RV over the winter, you know, with adhesives and paint and stuff like that. So that's gotta be so cool to kind of hear that, hear that back from them. Yeah. How many renovations are you guys in at this point?
2: I think 16. Wow. wow. I think we're working on our 16th or 17th. Um, RV yeah so we still learn new things every single time
0: well we know um from experience being a couple that works together that that can come of course with its own challenges how do you and Weston kind (laughs) of like I guess obviously like divvy up who does what and like work together are you more so like coming up with the design and he's executing
1: does he get input on that part too
2: (laughs) (laughs) very rarely. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad that he's not here because we would just be like looking at each other. <laughs> like, it has definitely been like a joy and a struggle at the same yeah. time. And then in the, you know, in the difficult times, I'm thankful that as, I mean, it really has been probably one of the most difficult years of marriage, starting a business together, adding this new this new dynamic working together, the new communication, um, then like having work conversations, home conversations, it all starts to blend together till like eventually there was like, there's no margin, everything. It was all work talk. It was all, you know, it just, it overlapped too much. Um, And I mean, like, I teach Weston calls me the boss. Whenever I I come up on the, on his little job site, I walk in, he's like, Oh, the boss is here. And I hate when he says it, because I'm like, stop it. We're a team. But I, I am the project manager. Like, it's just how it is. I'm the one communicating with clients. And so I become the middleman of telling him, Hey, this is what we're doing. And the worst part probably is whenever he misses something or like he does something that was not what they asked for. And I have to be like, I know you just spent your whole day on this project, but it's wrong and I need you to redo it. I'm like, I'm so sorry.
1: Do you say that and get out of the room really quick?
2: (laughs) Yeah. My dad works with Weston a lot and he was in there for one of these conversations. There were beams going in and she wanted them to be very light and natural but we use special walnut stain a lot. And like, as you can see, my beams are dark, but like, I know it goes with the whole vibe. Weston's just like, this looks like barn wood and it's rustic and it's gonna be so cool. And so he gets these beams built, which are made from sear, not cheap. <laughs> he gets these beautiful beams installed and he starts staining it without testing and without bringing me a sample. And so he used our, you know, our go-to stain, um, and I walk in the RV, he and my dad are working, I walk in and I look up at it and I'm like, Oh my God, like my, my heart sinks. Cause I know that I'm about to literally crush him. <laughs> and I said, I'm really sorry. I know you probably will hate me after this, but this is not right. It's supposed to be very light. We're not supposed to use a stain. We probably can just use an oil and he had to take the whole beam down and start from scratch. So. Anyways, conversations like that with your husband are not fun. <laughs> we have grown so much as uh, as a couple in learning to communicate and just figuring out the systems that work for us, the task management project list, like the organization that works, like how does Weston work best? This is how I communicate best. This is how I work best with this type of list or whatever, but it may not be how he does. And so really just learning each other and figuring out, you know, when I walk in and I see something wrong, like I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm not trying to be critical. (laughs) Like I just, I just want to be honest and upfront and say, Hey, we need to make sure this gets fixed. Don't be discouraged. Everything else is beautiful. I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah. Well, and another thing too, that I thought was cool that you guys do, and actually we do as well. Um, is that you use the notes app on your phone to kind of like communicate like tasks and to-do lists and things. I think that's a great idea.
2: So much of our communication is in passing and it was, it was starting to become very common that things were getting missed. I would forget to tell him or I told him one thing and three days later there is a change. If it was still during that first two week time of, um, decision-making with the client. Like, there was so much in passing. At the time, um, up until maybe a month ago, I had no childcare. So I'm doing all this like with the kids. And so I'm super yeah. scatterbrained, he's working. And so the notes app allowed us to, I could put some, you know, I could jot something down. He could look at it. So it just, you know, I know there's lots of things out there, you know, Trello and whatnot, but um, the notes app was easy and, and worked mm-hmm. for us. So that we could stay on the same page a little better. So,
1: And it's there. It's installed if you have an iOS.
0: So design obviously seems to be one of your uh, major fortes. Where do you draw inspiration? Uh, honestly, a lot of it just comes from other designers just
2: to start with. Um, I didn't even really know that I enjoyed design or was good at it until after um, after we did our first renovation. I was trying to copy a lot, like I would pull pictures and try to duplicate it. Um, and then the next renovation, the second one, I said, I don't want to try to copy anybody. I just want to see what I could come up with. Like, I'm going to pull from this is my taste. Like these are things that I'm really saying that I like, but I didn't save any pictures like to my phone or to Pinterest or Instagram to say, Hey, this is my inspiration photo for this RV. Now, inspiration usually comes from the client that they save photos and show them to me or they'll say we really like this element and this different element Um, occasionally a client will say here's the overall look that I really like Um, now go for it, Um, but usually. There's more involvement in the details and stuff from my clients too, where we're communicating a ton, going back and forth, making decisions. So that inspiration really comes from my clients and their tastes and preferences. That's how I usually describe it um, to potential clients is, hey, everything is inspired by your taste. Now, whenever I get to just freely design something, Um, like we're, we're about to do an RV that'll be for sale. There's no client. And so I'm really excited to have the opportunity to see how I've grown, to just be able to dream up anything, basically. I mean, we have a budget, but (laughs) to dream up anything. And so I, I save a lot of pictures on Instagram. I don't really use Pinterest as much anymore and kind of go through and I look for, If I look through, you know, the first nine or 12 squares in my saved, just looking for, hey, what is some similarities in all of these photos that I'm really drawn towards? Um, And then I just have spent a lot of time in this particular RV and kind of start visualizing, thinking about the best use of space. Sometimes I feel like designers can look at the whole space and kind of see the big vision where sometimes I need one inspiration piece. It's a wallpaper, or a rug, or this certain piece of furniture, and I'm like, okay, this is it. This is my inspiration, and that, like, everything else flows from this one object. It could be a piece of art, um, so I kind of work backwards.
0: That's cool.
1: Well, and your designs always have, um, you know, this beautiful aesthetic, and one of the the things that, and I don't even know how many times you've done this or not, I feel like you've done it a million times, but, like, April show me um, the pictures of these awesome fireplaces that you put in they're always, I've seen some great ones that are great focal points. Like how did that come about? Did you just, did you come across a camper or a fifth wheel that already had a fireplace and you just built around it? Or did you just say, Hey, this would be a great, great addition.
2: So that 2008 Montana that we tried, that was our second one that we were selling. Um, it had a fireplace in it and then I just kind of said i want to dream up something new for this area and it ended up being so beautiful and just the the view there's a photo of the view looking straight just that angle and i told weston i'm like i really think Instagram's going to love this view like i think that this picture is going to get lots of attention um (laughs) and it did it did uh and then after we did that fireplace um the the couple that was local that brought us to 2004 montana they kind of wanted to have an epic fireplace in theirs and that was like that's the one that has the butterfly pr- prints above it it's kind of like bluish green. um so we designed those first two fireplaces and i told weston like i think fireplaces are going to be our thing like i think this should just be like a martian Sea's signature like we have to do great fireplaces <laughs> and then it just people like our clients all, and we want a
0: fireplace. We really want a nice fireplace. Yeah, you definitely succeeded at making that your trademark. Do you feel like because you are a tiny living family that influences some of your design?
2: Yes. There are some times where I will give feedback to my client that's asking for something or they think they really, really need something. And I feel like our experience with tiny living or RV living more specifically, and then um, just working with RVs and having, you know, having the knowledge of them, I'm able to say, I really don't think you're going to use this as much as you think, or I, I don't think that's the best use of space. And nine times out of 10, the client appreciates it and, and will change their mind and say, okay, you're totally right. Like they just don't have the same perspective. And so um, being able to share that, I think, I think has been has been helpful, um, just since we have that that background in in RV knowledge. So
1: being on renovation number sixteen ish, there's all kinds of ways you've grown in between here and there. But um, can you kind of sum that up a little bit?
2: It's just funny, like man, we had no idea what we were doing uh, the first one. I mean, Weston is just he's he's talented. He's good at what he does, um, and he's very motivated to like learn new things himself. So, I mean, the time that he put into educate, educating himself on RVs, the time he put into educating himself on different, um, projects and then watching YouTube and listening to podcasts or, um, Instagram videos that were out at the time. So he, it's, I mean, we've obviously, like I said earlier, we learn, on every single RV. Like we still, every RV, we learn something new.
1: And that's so good for people to hear because they look at, you know, the work that, you know, like you guys are doing, they're like, oh gosh, you know, and that's like, you know, that's an aspiration for them to get to that level. But, you know, like anything, you know, you you never want to stop learning. And so hearing that, you know, hearing you say that's wonderful.
2: People ask me, you know, they say stuff about that. Like, the quality or, oh my gosh, it's my dream to be able to design like you or renovate like you. And I just tell them, oh, we started somewhere. Like everybody does, you know, we started, we just like put stuff out there. We didn't really know hundred percent we were doing. Um, I was thankful for the knowledge that Weston had overall for construction and RVs. Um, but, and another thing that I want to say and point out is with the rv renovations it is not just design it's not just coming in and doing this this flip um there is so much to to caring for the rv knowing rv life and different pros and cons um you know knowing about water damage knowing about seals and your roof and Hot water heaters, um, AC units, the 12 volt electricity, and um I mean Weston would go on and on, probably telling you all kinds of technical things. <laughs> so I, I've i learned some. I do know some. I'm out there sometimes working with him. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's not just design. It's it's important that I think that people know that. Yeah, that it's not just where you paint. So you, just, you have to know something, like you have to have knowledge on. RVs, whether it's renovated or not, you have to have knowledge on, on campers and RVs.
1: Are you advising clients who are bringing their RV to you? Like as far as maybe they're in the purchase process of looking something, to get renovated, or maybe they already have something. Are you advising them along those lines to be on the lookout for, you know, water damage, other, you know, poor, just, they're not bringing you something that's completely falling apart, hopefully.
2: Typically we're working with people that don't have an RV yet they're looking for one, they don't even own one. And so they are hiring us and we kind of advise them um, on what to look for, we help them look. And we come from, a. at the beginning, we're looking at layout. Like I'm just thinking, okay, let's find the most functional floor plan so we can narrow our search. And then we'll look for quality of the RV. Um, It's now a requirement that our clients have to have the RV inspected by an RV inspector which we may get that licensing at some point but right now we don't have it and while we do know a lot an rv inspector is going to go through even more thoroughly um than what we do and maybe even more than what we know like um so anyways we require that just so we know what we're we know what we're getting into and it is expensive it's usually, you know, a pretty penny to, to hire an RV inspector, and it's a long process. Totally worth it if it saves our client and us from starting out having this bad RV experience with, you know, this isn't working and this didn't work. Um, we, we, do, we don't do a whole, like, we don't do a lot of the technical repairs. We usually hire that out. They're not really the ones looking. the client. Usually it's us looking. And at this point with RVs being so popular in such high demand, sometimes they end up being purchased sight unseen uh, because we have an inspector come in and go over it. But like, we're looking nearly nationwide to find the perfect RV.
1: One of my questions on the business side of things would be, um, I've uh, April's kind of April kind of lends an ear to Instagram more than I do, but she said you've mentioned recently that you guys are considering maybe moving away from the client build model to kind of the buy and sell model. From a business standpoint, can you kind of contrast the you know the differences there, and if you see any like pros and cons of either of those approaches?
2: Really, the underlying motive was just kind of to um, alleviate some stress. Like we're trying to create more margin. We took on so much, just like this last year, trying to build our business. We didn't say no a whole lot to anything because we just wanted to keep building, keep growing, keep expanding our portfolio. Um, and so, I mean, eventually like I get really burnt out. I communicate all day long, you know, with my clients, especially when they start overlapping, if I'm working with a remote client coaching clients, it's so much communication. We just thought where, where can we, like remove some of this where can we cut back um, but not take a loss um, financially that is really more so why we thought let's just go ahead and dive into let's just buy them and work towards selling them so there's not this third person um, communicating like now it's just me and Weston just me saying hey this is my idea this is my dream let's go for it you know now we're we really really are working for ourselves when you work for clients, you're really not, um, you know, you're working for clients and I mean, working for clients is wonderful because it's more guaranteed income, um, for your business where for resale, it's like, <laughs> please God, let it sell. <laughs>
1: like, you were just talking about clearing up headspace in like, you know, we see that prior to doing RV renovation ourselves, we've run a photography business for a whole number of years. And, um, you know, jumping into this space, even though we're not doing, you know, nearly the volume, or taking on client um, builds at this point. Like we see the taxing, you know, side of having to communicate with people, having to, you know, talk to them. So it was really just trying to, to hear that from your perspective, if there was you know, even like a numbers reason, or if it was really just clear in that headspace, which is even more valuable, I think, than, you know, the numbers.
2: This one that we're getting ready to to sell in April, that's really our first attempt at We're we're doing this. We're saying no to clients, and we're selling. And there is major risk because this business pays our bills. Like this is how I buy my groceries. (laughs) You know, like this is our this is our number one income. We completely work for Martian C. Um, And so honestly, like maybe we will be taking clients in a few months. But right now, I'm just telling everybody no, and we're gonna try for um, doing it for resale. And hopefully, you know, just freeing up some that headspace margin uh, of really allowing Weston and I to, to work for ourselves and then continue if we can maybe slow down the process a little bit, if we're doing it for resale, not working for a client, we're not working on a tight timeline, we can slow down that process a little bit. So it's not so much pressure and manual labor on Weston at all times. You know, at all times, we, we don't get many breaks. Um, then we can focus more on some consulting, um, design, coaching, things like that. And I mean, we hope that we'll eventually work towards having margin to actually travel in the RV that we live in.
1: <laughs> well, it's hard. And especially like you said, when you're building a business, like you don't want to say no to opportunities. And when this is not a side hustle, your primary you know, source of income. You also don't want to say no for those reasons. And, uh, you know, we can definitely relate, relate mm-hmm. with that. And that's one of our goals, you know, this year too, I think is just to say no, not even necessarily to business things, but just things that, you know, might be taking up time, you know, that we want to reserve for our kids or that instead yeah. like you, you want to do some personal travel or, you know, th- those sorts of things. So it's always, I think, trying to find that balance. Absolutely. It's hard when you're busy and, you know, you guys have, you know, you get the ball rolling, you don't want it to stop, so.
0: Yeah. If someone out there was considering renovating their RV but they were working on a limited budget, what do you think are kind of like the big things that they could do? I I feel like even for people
2: that just have an RV that they're camping in, it's, it's not their primary residence. Um, there are so many things that you can do Um, with limited budget, limited time, limited resources overall to really just make it feel more like your space to feel cozier. I usually tell people uh, rugs, curtains, throw pillows. There's your like first easy upgrade is put your own area rugs in there, put your own throw pillows, take down the valances and (laughs) the pull down shades, get them out of there. They're dark and they're like, make everything look small. Take those out go to Walmart, grab your curtain rods, put some just put some white curtains up something to just make it more airy um, and bright. And then if you were going to go like maybe the step beyond just that any furniture that you could replace, you don't have to replace your flooring, you can leave the flooring and just slowly, piece by piece replace different furniture. You can paint just like you do in your house, you know, grab a with a regular brush roller and take one room at a time, one slide at a time, put some paint up, wallpaper. Um so yeah, there's just I mean there's little cosmetic things. I think sometimes we think about an RV like in this little box. Like we get really, really limited in our thinking. And it's just a house on wheels. (laughs) Like you go into a house that you buy and you don't like the color of the cabinets, you don't like the color of the paint so you change it you just paint the room and you paint the cabinets you put your own curtains in there you put your own furniture and really an rv is the same like yes you kind of have to be concerned about weight but if you're just replacing something and obviously paint's not adding anything um you know if you're just replacing furniture you can go into an rv and and make it your own it's no different you know than a house
1: yeah that's great advice Deep diving a little bit on that painting side, uh, notice like through your stories that you guys spray the interiors largely. Is that something? Yes. where When did you start doing that? Like, did you did you at one point roll or you know brush the the wall? You've always sprayed. Weston just had experience from building, or
2: <laughs> yes, yes, he had he had experience, and um, we it's it's really not too hard. I think one of the big things that we learned early on is the temperature uh outside or like if that's affecting your temperature inside your rv if you're not you don't really want to be running your ac or your furnace while you're spraying paint because that's going to get all sucked back in through uh all that overspray. but temperature and then if the paint is running on the walls you don't ever want to leave it you want grab a roller roll the runs out as soon as possible but other than that it's not too hard the paint prep for spraying since you know it's like everywhere you're spraying That's probably the most time consuming, but still to me, very much worth it over, over rolling. But there's a lot of people who are currently living in or they're not taking the floors out. They're not taking the furniture out and rolling just makes way more sense for those people. I mean, for us, the whole thing's gutted, you know, there's no flooring in, we don't have to do anything other than cover the windows, refrigerator range. There's no countertops in, there's not a whole lot. So spraying just makes a lot of sense. But if you're currently living in and not doing a full renovation, I really just, I don't know, spraying probably be really difficult. Is
1: that process much the same? Like, are you you guys sanding the walls and priming the walls before you spray? Are you able to skip some of those those steps with spraying?
2: Um, We actually, we do not sand the walls. The only time that I'm sanding walls is if there are screw holes that need to be repaired and then I'm when the screw comes out you know it kind of bulges we are just like a sheetrock wall um and so I just sand it down add some of this 3m patch and primer to the wall and then let that dry come back sand it just so it's smooth but everywhere else that funky like wallpaper texture we we don't sand it I just want to make sure that the walls clean and not dusty so that the paint adheres we use only sherwin-williams products and for everything we use their duration line which is a high quality paint and primer so we don't actually prime anything we just do like usually three coats i think of paint on on everything and even the cabinetry anything that looks like wood in those rvs even if it's not sometimes it's like some kind of weird sticker plastic like we sand it we still sand that Uh, anything that looks like wood have we have to sand it down but it's tricky because it's kind of like an art which i actually put in my instagram highlights some visuals to show people because if you sand too deep like some people want to come in and sand the entire finish off and then it's this weird particle board and the paint will adhere like seep in and it will swell so you just have to be careful that yes you're sanding so that the paint is going to stick and not peel but if you go too deep your cabinet door is going to be all warped and not fit anymore
1: so. are you coming back on a second round then and spraying the cabinet bases are you spraying those or do you roll those on
2: usually those get the whatever like the white paint is that's going in um, pure white snowbound um, whatever white's going in everything gets that on it first and then weston comes back through and he actually rolls the accent colors on for the cabinetry and just to keep the mess confined like that once you spray everything white, you don't want to be over, you know, the black overspray really puts a damper yeah. on things. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. We have aspirations of getting back. We've done some like house projects and uh, studio projects and stuff with sprayers, but then we've had some real love, hate relationships. And so we've been rolling things and that's, it's so time consuming. It's not quite the finish, you know, that that we would mm-hmm. really want. So, so we just, maybe we need to revisit it again. So it's good to hear, hear all that from you.
0: So what's kind of next for Martian Sea? Where do you see you guys going? I'm dreaming all the time. <laughs> like Just thinking of tons and tons of ideas
2: all the time of what we want to do next and like you know, how cool it would be to like be mobile and bring renovations. And then I was thinking about let's do, let's offer many renos um, where we will travel and like get like buy a Martian sea trailer that you bring. And, you know, we do these mini re- many renos in two weeks or something to someone's camper. I would love to have an online store. Um, I, I want to keep consulting. I like being able to meet people and help them through their renovation. I really want to keep consulting. I'd love to do an, a course, like an e-course. Um, I'd love to put out a video series, um, but-
1: You need more time. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yes. I need more time and my kids to go to school. (laughs) So it never shuts off. (laughs) My brain is just constantly going. No, but in this season that we're in right now and what's reality for us is we're going to work towards um, more resale. um, And actually, hopefully some Martian Sea rentals so that you could come pick up or we could deliver one of our renovated RVs to you and you could stay in it um, at whatever campsite you're going to. So we'd love to have some renovated RV rentals out there. You can have the Martian Sea experience, you know, without selling your house and moving into one. <laughs> so we really, really love that. That's the kind of goal that we are actually working towards. And then of course, we've already started on the goal of purchase, sell, and then continuing to to consult.
1: I'm sure people have approached you and said, hey, can you do this in my house?
2: Yes, they, I have. we have had people ask about doing home renovations. Right now, like, I guess there's just not the margin and there's not the need for us to try to venture into that. You know, we, we've always said we don't want to put all of our eggs in the RV basket because when will it not be a trend? Like, is it going to be a trend for the next 10 years or is this going to die off in two to three years? I, I really don't know. Um, so I think right now, we're we're still like all of our plans are RV related. We're gonna keep moving forward with with RVs. We're we're open, we're flexible. Like we've discovered through all of this that we make a great team outside of marriage. Like we make a great team together with um, design and execution, dreaming what we can accomplish. And so um, if that turns into homes or whatever, other tiny living types of things, now I'm like, what about boats? Like, can we do this to houseboats too? <laughs> or what about all these cute little sheds that I see when I pass, like, going, you know, the little like shed dealerships? <laughs> you can, I'm like, that could be a great home for someone. I need to make that into a house inside. <laughs> so who knows?
0: Well, that's awesome. I'm sure whatever you guys do will be great. Um, if people are wanting to reach out to you, Carly, where would they find you?
2: Instagram is probably the easiest. Instagram, for the most part, I I feel like I reply fairly quickly. Um, And if not Instagram, then emailing. We have on our website, which is just martianc.com, I have a couple of different forms on there under our services. If you're interested in something particular, there's a generic contact form there. Um, There's one for remote design services and then our renovation coaching services on our website.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Carly. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun
2: talking with you guys. Thank you so, so much for, uh, for inviting me.
0: It's always so great to hear from people that are a little further down the path that you're walking on.
1: It's definitely helpful to get those insights into what they've done and are doing with their business and to the direction that they might be taking them to next.
0: We want to thank everyone for listening and watching. These first few weeks of launching the podcast have been amazing.
1: We love all the feedback, the selfies of the pod being listened to in the car or in the rig, and it's just a great feeling knowing that these episodes are both being listened to and shared by so many.
0: So until next time, don't be afraid to give that RV a new look.